Have you ever wondered if you could make a difference? This podcast brings you inspirational people who are making a tremendous difference. We will also be talking to experts in the field of creating the mindset you need so that nothing holds you back from making your vision a reality right now. Welcome to the Game Changers Podcast. And now, here's your host, Michelle Dutro. Welcome, everybody, to the Game Changer Podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro. I am your host. And I'm thrilled to bring you Andrea Waltz today, who is going to chat with us about a topic that as somebody who has been in sales for a long time of her life, finds this topic very near and dear to her heart, not just as it relates to career or being in sales, mind you, but really it's a topic that I think transcends and applies to all areas of life. So I really can't wait to dive into this uh, subject matter with her. But a little bit about Andrea. So she's got her bachelor's degree in criminal justice. That's actually not what she's doing, so I can't wait to ask how we went from thinking that at one point maybe she was going to be an FBI agent to doing what she's doing now, which we'll get into, so we'll dive into that. But she's got quite a background in sales and management and leadership and now is uh, traveling all over the place speaking with uh, a book that she's got, which I'm going to give uh, the subject matter away right now, called Go For No. And uh, like I said, she is a, a fantastic speaker, travels all over the place, really getting people to reevaluate and assign new meaning to how they look at fear, rejection, and the word no. So with that, Andrea, what did I leave out about your background and what you're doing now that we should all know about before we dive into the subject? Gosh, Michelle, that was a great introduction, actually, and uh, it, you pretty much covered it. I, I, what, what happened though? Just this minor detail is that I did. I got my bachelor's degree in criminal justice. I was. Um, very excited about being a crime scene investigator before there was a TV show about that subject and uh, multiple TV shows. And then um, when I was in college, uh, kind of working in the corporate world, I met my now husband and he uh, would later convince me to quit my job. I decided that I wasn't interested in doing a free multi-year internship to eventually, hopefully, to be paid as a crime scene investigator, that making money sounded better. And he convinced me that I should actually quit and become an entrepreneur. So that was kind of the big left turn for me that I didn't expect because I was not entrepreneurial minded at all. I thought that I would just get a job like everyone else. And so, uh, I had to learn how to be my own business owner and that was very challenging. Well, and we could take this whole episode down that path as well, because there's a few different angles we can go on. But I'm going to stay laser focused here on this topic because it is uh, super important to me. I'm going to read straight from their website here. Uh, and, and it's this quote or this statement in your on your homepage that I want to spend our time talking about. Because like I said, you could apply it to you know, a, a corporate sales job or whatever it is. But I really want to broaden this up and talk about this uh, perception of of negativity or pushback or rejection as it relates to the whole of your life. So here's what the statement says. The relationship you have with the word no, what you think and feel when you hear it, and what you do afterward as a result is the single most important factor in determining the level of success you will achieve in your life. I Love that statement, by the way. That's why, despite having a great product, service, or opportunity to offer, so many people fail to succeed in business and in life. 
So this said, tell me how it is that out of everything you could write about with your, you know, varied background, why is it that you guys latched onto this topic and this subject matter and have really had such major success, if you will, in, in getting people to embrace the word no, and in fact, go after it instead of avoiding it, really, you know, chase it, if you will. How did this even come about? Right. It's a great question. And I love it, too. I love the topic. I, I, I believe in that statement. I believe it to be true, obviously. Um, how it happened was that Richard actually had, I guess, what we would call a go-for-no moment, a go-for-no lesson in his life. When he was fairly young, he was selling suits for a living. And I'll tell the story really quick. He... Um, was working for a menswear, clo uh, menswear uh, clothing store, working there, and was not doing great. He had a customer come in who he sold about uh, $1,100 worth of clothing to. His district manager was there, watched the whole sale, and said, Richard, that was a great sale, but can I ask you, what did that customer say no to? And Richard thought about it, reviewed the sale in his mind, and he said, well, gosh, Harold, the guy didn't say no to anything. You know, it was $1,100 sale. It was fantastic. And then Harold asked Richard the question that kind of changed his life at that moment. And he said, well, then how did you know he was done? And um, Richard realized that he had a fear of the word no in his selling career, always had. And Harold said, you know, I watched you sell. You're not half bad, but your fear of the word no is going to kill you. So Richard took this go for no lesson, applied it to his career, um, ended up being the number one salesman in that company because he finally reprogrammed the way he dealt with failure, rejection, hearing the word no. And um, when we, when I was in college and we were working together at LensCrafters uh, in, in kind of the corporate world, as I said, he told me that story. And I said, I, I said, that's absolutely true. Everyone avoids no. And that was part of the reason why we quit, left, and decided to share this message is because we're both super passionate about it. And then we really started to dig into it. We said, okay, this is the that's kind of like the cute foundational story. Now let's dig in. Let's look at all of the nuances around this philosophy. How do we help people think differently? How do we reprogram their fears? How do we get over a their desire for perfection and not to fail. And we, we really went through all these nuances for a, a couple years. Um, we created a training program around it that took us three years to write, really just digging into this topic and kind of, like you said, narrow laser focus on this one topic about hearing the word no, failure and rejection, because especially when you're teaching people how to sell better, <laughs> um, you know, you could teach people how to greet um, customers, how to cold call on prospects. I mean, there's all these different things, but this thing I think is life-changing and that's why we're so passionate about it. And I'll tell you again, having a background in sales to me, the, the, the death comes from when you're in a presentation and you're all done and you're waiting for that response. And the person says, okay, that's really great. Thanks so much for your time. And we'll get back to you if we have any further questions. You, you know, nothing to me that uh, if there's a worst case scenario, it's that it, when people say, Oh, the worst case scenario is they say, no, heck no. You just got information is the no, because you're too high priced is the no, because you don't bring enough value is the no, because somebody else before you did a better job that no, the no and why no all no to me. But again, this is a background in sales is a, I don't have enough information in this area, whether why you're so high priced or why I don't think your product delivers the value. So you're getting a no. And until you can convince me otherwise, 
because of this, right? This is why we're not moving forward. But they're basically giving you the outline to, here's what you need to tell me. Here's what you need to help me overcome in order to get to yes. But if you don't have that, you don't know. Absolutely. Right. That's why the, the death, I think, really is the, the 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 nice, gentle head nod of, oh, yeah, thanks. That was really great. Really appreciate your time. That's horrible. And if you walk out and don't know what the what the why behind the no was to me, that that's the failure. No is not the failure. No, no gives you the framework to say, OK, go back and do your homework, get this figured out and come back. Absolutely. And, I, and Michelle, you're completely right. And I wish more people had that attitude, but unfortunately they don't. And quite frankly, um, it all comes down to having the courage in that moment to to speak up, right? So if if you do get the kind of, okay, well, thank you very much, you have to have the courage in that moment to kind of um, put the brakes on and and slow down and, and kind of start digging in and managing those objections. And that's a whole skill set of how to do that as a great salesperson. You know, don't just get, get kicked out of the office um, with a thank you very much and we'll call you. Um, on the flip side of that, you're right. When you do get a no, it is also having the courage to figure out, all right, what's the next avenue and how can I see this as this is not the end. This is just me um, having the right response, having the right mindset. Unfortunately, we actually, for so many people, don't even get to that meeting because what they do is they sit in their home or they sit in their office and they're they're so petrified or anxiety ridden just about about that potential failure, that, that dealing with those communications that they don't even get to that meeting. They're, the no is such a strong fear for some people. Um, so we find ourselves almost in the, in the front, front loading the position of helping people think differently about it so that they can go out there and take some action to hopefully sit down with someone finally. Okay, so let's back it up to that point. Let's let's stop the train and back it up down the tracks. So, if you're obviously you work with a, a ton of people specifically on this topic, what is the common thing that you hear from people around their fear of rejection or the fear of the word no? Are people taking it personally like it's a no to them that they somehow are a personal failure or what's the would you say if you had to put all of the people in a blender and come out with a number 1 fear of rejection, fear of no, fear of fear, whatever it is, what's the driver there? Yeah, I think it, I think it is just that straight up fear of failure and fear of making a fool of yourself. I, and it really, the blender analogy is so perfect because it is, there's so much going on there. And I have a, um, one of the things that we do is, is kind of a fun thing. It's a free webinar that we've done called the go for no challenge. And we challenge people to take seven days or sometimes 30 days and see if they can increase the number of no's that they're hearing. And that's the fundamental go for no strategy. It's really to go out and start hearing more no's. And when you do that, you have uh, so many great things happen. First of all, oftentimes you hear more yeses. Um, and so, but even in that challenge, when we're, and I stress to people, we are giving you permission to fail. You don't have to be perfect. There's still this fear of, I just can't do it. You know, it's, it's even t telling people, hey, for seven days, just try to get some no's. We're not trying to get yeses here. They just can't pull the trigger because I think they're just so fearful of messing up. And it's kind of, I think it comes back to how we were raised, that perfectionistic complex of, um, no, I'm a salesperson. I, I, I need to get yes. You know, you're telling me to fail and I don't, I don't want to do that. That doesn't make me feel good. And so, Really, it comes down to helping people reprogram how they feel about that rejection, how they're, and, and that starts with 
how they think about it. And it's, it sounds like it starts to become psycho, you know, analytical, but it kind of does. Exactly. And, uh, and when I had started this out by saying, hey, we can talk about this just strictly as it relates to sales or in someone's career, but this topic does transcend all other areas of life. And I know that there are dating coaches, if you will, and that's their assignment for people that have a fear of even asking someone out is your assignment is you've got to go out this week and get turned down by 10 people. You've got to go out and ask, I don't care if it's in the produce section, right? right? Whatever it is, but your goal is to get turned down by 10 people and then come back. And the reality is after the 10, I mean, then one, it, it reframes, it's a little bit of a game, right? Um, and that's the objective. So it's not, you're not now framing this, the objective to get to yes, you've got, you have an assignment to get to 10 no's. So now you're actually successful at being turned down. So it does kind of mess with your head a little bit. And in the end, you realize even after 10 no's, I'm still breathing, I'm still alive, right? Everything is okay. And it's not the end of the world. So this fear of rejection of, oh my gosh, what will happen to me when you realize through all of these no's, you know, you're still standing and it's okay. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and that's exactly what it is about. And people say all the time, well, how do you do this? And ultimately, and it sounds so cliche, well, you have to get into action to remove the fear. The fear will not go away, you know, but it's the truth. There's no way to, to think your way out of this beyond just taking the action. And like you said, see that you didn't die, you survived and to make it a game. Um, and so I'm, I'm constantly kind of pulling people and dragging them, kicking and screaming sometimes you know, to see that they can do it and to survive. And one of the things is, uh, for some people who are in sales, it's all right, well, don't do it in sales, do it in something else, do it in something that's completely safe, you know, if you are um, on the airplane, ask for an extra bag of peanuts. I don't care, but you've got to get you've got to start practicing that muscle of being able to ask um, so that you can get better at it. Uh, that, that's the that's the huge challenge of this whole thing. So this, this is a perfect segue, what you just brought up. So my thought was, are you finding that in, when we impact one area and let's take this back to sales, that people get better at, you know, pushing that rejection, uh, quotient, if you will, that it translates and transcends to other areas of their life. That once they are okay with hearing no in one area, they get out of their comfort zone, maybe a little bit in other areas of their life and they start, you know, uh, pushing the limits, if you will, in other areas and are okay with, Hey, maybe I, I'm not going to get the extra bag of peanuts, or maybe that girl in the banana section won't say yes to me, but you know what? I, I'm going to take that risk because I've learned that skill over here. I'm going to see how it translates over there. Do you find that happening with these folks? I do find that. And I also, the thing that I also find, which, um, I didn't realize initially when we, when we started this process, you know, which was about 15 years ago, I started seeing other things, other benefits, if you will. One, of them is is really uh, one that you'd expect, right? Increased confidence. Um, people's confidence level increases because they're just not so pressure filled and stress filled. And sometimes people hear go for no and they think, oh, go for no, that sounds so negative. And, and I believe in the law of attraction and attracting yeses into my life. And I say, you know, it's not about, um, it's not about uh, being negative and thinking negative. By all means, if somebody calls you and wants to buy from you, I, we're not telling you to just hang up on them, that it was too easy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right? Um, you, right. you have to suffer for this. On the other hand, it's about taking a negative reality, which is, hey, there's rejection out there and turning it positive. And so what we see is that people's confidence level increases when that happens. They tend to have more fun when people are having more fun. Well, they're just 
you know, it's more attractive, right? It's just a person you want to deal with. When you, when you have that pushy, yes-driven salesperson, what, what, what can I do to get you in this car? I will do whatever I have to do to get you in this car today, you know, and you go like, oh my God, this is going to happen no matter if I want, if I want it to or not versus somebody who's like, Hey, you know, this is what I have. A no is a perfectly acceptable answer. I'm detaching from the outcome. It's a totally different position to put yourself in. And so that's the other thing that we teach people is really to kind of back away from those results like that pressure-filled yes salesperson. And so when they do that, confidence increases, they're having more fun, and they are more attractive just to deal with, right? It's just a, it's a more fun person to deal with, and you don't feel like you're going to get twisted in, you know, into something that you don't want or need. Right, exactly. Okay, so tell me this, you know, there is um, a belief, certainly whether uh, are, are leaders made or are leaders born, same thing can be said for folks in sales. Somebody who's really good at sales, is that just how they showed up in the world? Or is that a, a skill that you can learn? I'm curious from all the people that you work with, because I believe, am I correct in saying that the majority of people that you work with are in a sales field of some sort? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay. So do you believe that literally anybody could be in sales or are there people that really just are better suited in the field of sales and other folks that it just will always be an uphill battle for whatever reason? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, there's no doubt that um, I have seen people learn all of the, the skills to be a successful salesperson. And sometimes not having some of those communication skills and not coming across as super slick and um, you know, that kind of typical, what we all fear to be that, that overly slick salesperson that said, um, sometimes the anxiety and the fears are so strong that it makes, um, breaking through some of those barriers almost impossible. Right. Um, and so what, what I find is that you can be a successful salesperson and, and not be natural at it. If you adopt a process, if you can adopt a routine. And it really comes down to, um, you know, there's the sales natural, um, and then there's the person who requires a process. And if they can learn to master that process and get into action and get their numbers to a particular place, even if they're bad, um, they will build the skills enough if they take enough action and eventually be good. And then again, their confidence goes up. They, they become, it feels a little bit natural, but they still have a process. The natural salesperson, right? The person that says, oh, I was born to sell. They usually don't follow a process. It's kind of like, I can schmooze anyone, anyone, anywhere, anytime. I just give me, you know, give me the phone, give me the, give me the chair. I'll sit down with someone and I'll sell them whatever. And that usually scares non-salespeople because they think, oh my God, I could never do that. And those are the people that really need the scripts and the process. And then they need to just get into action. And, you know, I, I agree with you, by the way, completely. I, I think as well that there are people that just are, are born communicators, mm -hmm. right? And are born with, you know, that kind of passion and drive and it's how they showed up in the world. I also agree with you that anyone can fine tune a skill set to be better you know, tomorrow than what they are today. I also believe that we are all selling all the time. As a five-year-old, when you want a cookie before dinner, you're selling your parent on why that's a good idea. 
right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it's uh, the skill or the art of persuasion. And it's very difficult to have the art of persuasion and getting people to like-minded thinking, right? AKA selling, if you lack confidence. Yes. And this is what I love about your program and what you're doing is you could have, you could have relabeled this whole entire thing, done everything exactly the same and called this how to have more confidence because it's what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. You're right. It really does come down to confidence and it comes down to teaching people um, how to ultimately get to yes, right? I mean, it is, it's the subtitle of our book is yes is the destination. Um, right. So no is how you get there. And, and most people think that the idea of selling is to go out and just um, badger people and berate people and force people into saying yes to you. We're kind of saying, no, you don't have to do that actually. If you just can talk to enough people and improve your skills along the way um, and understand that there's a certain amount of no's that you're going to have to go through, uh, the yeses are out there and you can be just as successful without having to be that type of salesperson that we all fear to be. Right. Now, I know you also uh, speak to the word courage. Mm -hmm. So let's specifically now hone in on women. Because men, I think it is expected, and they're raised differently than little girls are, to have courage from minute one, right? They're the protector, you know, they're, they're the ones getting on the fights at the playground. Girls, however, are typically not raised with the mindset of how to be courageous. Mm-hmm. So for women, when you're specifically working with women, and you know, you can see by somebody's body language, how they sit, how they carry themselves, whether or not courage is even in their repertoire. If you are working with some, a a gal, let's say, and, and that's her, that's where she comes at you with right out the gate is, you know, I just don't have the courage to ask bold questions. How do you handle that? Especially, like I said, specific to a female where this is not her background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple things I think are important and, and keep in mind, you know, a lot of this is things that we glean out of working with, um, out of really speaking to audiences because Richard and I, neither one of us actually do a lot of personal coaching, but I hear from enough people and get enough feedback that, um, this, this topic is fantastic because it's definitely one of the issues. And whenever we give a a talk, I always let people know that I myself am a pathological people pleaser. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm somebody who has a, a certain amount of self-confidence and courage, but at the same time that can undermine, um, my results because of the people pleasing. And so that's usually what I see is, um, that, that woman who just wants everybody to like her. And so when you get a no, or when you ask somebody, what, what happens is she's got such empathy and almost too much to the point of, oh, what if this product isn't right for this person? What if I'm in an interruption for, to their day? And so what happens is it's all about her and what she's doing and, and needing to please the other person and have them like her, that there's just complete and total sabotage. So mm-hmm. really it comes down to um, teaching that person, teaching that woman in that moment um, to get rid of that people-pleasing mindset. That's one. And then also it comes down to kind of that vision of what is this business and what's the vision that she has for herself and where is she going? Um, because really it, it becomes all about other people. And, um, and so it's about focusing on 
her needs and her desires and her goals and getting rid of that desire to always please. And I find that with audiences all over the place um, and especially women with the people pleasing. Yeah, I agree. It's um, it is kind of an ongoing battle. I, I wish that, you know, we had a way to get into really elementary schools. And when you look at the curriculum that's out there to say, there are some very key points that should be taught very early on so that we're not having to work with folks in their forties, having to combat stuff and beliefs that they had in place when they were four five, six and seven years old. Well, yeah. And I, I kind of want to dovetail onto that really quickly. And this is, um, I can't remember if there was any differences in gender. I'm sure there were, but the, some of the work that I have studied is from a woman named Carol Dweck. Um, and she wrote a book called Mindset. And this is another thing that I find with men and women both. And it is this whole um, mindset around uh, around growth. And really, it's around failure and success. Um, and really, what happens is there's a, a certain percentage of students out there who, um, when they're when they're that young, they have this kind of growth mindset where they're okay with uh, when they when they fail at a test or when um, something doesn't go wrong. They see it as an opportunity to learn, and so teachers, as a result, from this. Carol Dweck's work are really trying to encourage students to learn and to focus on what they got out of something rather than just trying to prove themselves. And so there's a whole other group of students who are really kind of of the mindset of just trying to kind of prove themselves. And they hate failure because failure just doesn't allow them to prove that they're um, worthy, that they're perfect. And so they kind of get their value from what they produce, you know, the test score, that type of thing. Did they complete the puzzle? And so what you have is these two different, um, two different groups of students. And really the work that Carol Dweck is doing in the education sector is about teaching these kids that it's all about adopting kind of a growth uh, model, a growth mindset where failure is part of the process it's okay. You don't have to be perfect every time. And I see that so often, this idea of perfectionism. And I think that's also big with women is, you know, I, I, I want to have a perfect house. I want to have it all. You know, I need to have everything's got to be balanced. And it's like, hey, you're going to, especially if you're starting a new business or you're new at sales, you're going to fail all over the place. You've got to accept that. Right. And, and in corporate sales, right, that's, I think, one of a uh, key indicator of how much someone's getting out there is exactly to take this full circle. How many no's did you get? Mm -hmm. Because if, if you're really knocking it out out there, then you should have a whole lot of no's because it almost also is a numbers game. We'd all like to believe that all I ever hear is yeses. There's no such thing. So if you are getting out there, the more it, it, dating, right? It's the same thing. The more you're getting out there, the more likely you're going to hit those people that are going to say yes. So I, I, I'm a huge fan of all of your work and anything that helps to instill courage, people, courage into people. And in knowing that this, what seemingly is a failure today could be that next stepping stone to your hugest success tomorrow, but you have to be willing and okay in getting there. So I love your work. I, I love what you're doing. I know that people who are listening want to know more and want to learn more and want to get this book. So for those folks, how do they find you and what you're doing? Oh, just go to gofornow.com and it's spelled just like it sounds. So G-O-F-O-R-N-O.com. We've got a fun little quiz they can take called the No Quotient to see where they are in their mindset and lots of stuff to read and, and look at on the site. And then they can get the book as well if they want. 
And then there's programs as well, right? I mean, there's like, there's products that you guys sell. I'm looking at your website right now. Yes, exactly. We've got some more in-depth training products, you know, um, that we are super proud of. And uh, it kind of takes it down to the next level. People, the amazing thing is, I mean, I've seen people completely change their lives just by reading our 80-page book. Because if you could just get that mindset shift, sometimes that's Mm -hmm. all you need. That's it. That's it. I love it. All right. So as we are wrapping this up, I always ask every guest these same two final questions. So one is someone's listening right now and they're thinking, God, wouldn't it be great if I could just be that? What is the single best piece of advice you have for that person listening right now? Yeah, that single piece of advice is really to um, to want to hear no more often or to to want to fail more often. And, and in the book, we talk about the five levels of failure. One's the ability. The next one's the willingness. So if you listen to this and you're thinking, oh, this sounds interesting. The next level is the wantingness. Go to bed wanting to have tried something and failed at it and your life will completely change. Fantastic. And final question, out of your entire journey in life and everything that you've gone through, what is the one thing you absolutely believe to be true? Um, that everything that's great that will happen to you always takes longer than you think it will. <laughs> uh, and we all want instant results and businesses to be great and sales to triple and double. It always takes longer than you think. So I, I'm a big believer in persistence and, and focus and taking as long as it takes to get to your goal. In fact, one of my favorite quotes is, persistence is the twin sister of excellence. One is a matter of quality, the other is a matter of time. Um, You have to spend the time in order to achieve what you want. I love it. Well, everybody, if you are driving or hiking or jogging or whatever you're doing right now, all of this is in show notes. So you can just click on that link and go grab this book right now. I do absolutely believe that it has the ability to be life-changing should you so embrace it and further act on it. So thank you so much, Andrea, for your time and energy today. I think it's fantastic what you're doing and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, Michelle. So much fun. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.